up, you guys? Welcome to Samosas and Mimosas episode zero. Today, we're going to be chatting with the directors of Bilse, our parent organization, so that you guys can learn a little bit more about who we are and what we do. So go ahead, grab a drink, and let's get started with some introductions. Hi, everyone. My name is Sai. I'm the director of education. My pronouns are she, her. I am a senior studying BCN, Biopsychology, Cognition, and Neuroscience, with a minor in Gender and Health and Applied Stats, and I'm so happy to be here. Hi, my name is Sonia. I'm the external director. I'm a current senior with Joita at the School of Public Health, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. Hi, I'm Joita. I am the internal director for Dilse, and I'm a senior at the University of Michigan studying Public Health Sciences, and I'm really excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. We are so excited to have you guys here today. Um, so first, I want to take the time to congratulate all three of you and the entire Dilse team because you guys have really done a phenomenal job with making Dilse such an impactful organization in only like two years, right? I guess the first thing we can do is go around and kind of share what your guys' personal mental health journey was like so we can get to know you better. Sure, I can go first. Um, so my mental health journey in college... So my first two years, I hated Michigan. I hated the campus. I hated being there. I felt like I didn't have much of a community, but I was also struggling with um, anxiety. So I have generalized anxiety disorder. And so coming to Michigan was a really hard transition for me as an only child and someone who's been in the same community my entire life. And so my first two years were really hard because I am pre-med along with my fellow directors here. And so we had to take a lot of STEM classes and at Michigan, they're considered weeder classes. So they're basically trying to weed out students who aren't able to achieve well and that puts a lot of pressure on students. And so I developed test anxiety and it was a whole ordeal my first two years at Michigan. I I wanted to transfer out of Michigan and go to another college as well and looked at all my options and things as well and also went to get services and counseling for my anxiety and unfortunately our counseling services as at Michigan was not um, the right place for me and they weren't really able to help me at that time and so my first two years there was a lot of ups and downs and figuring out my own mental health journey and seeing how I could improve my life while being in the situation that I was in at the time. And um, it wasn't until we thought about Dilse starting where I finally found kind of a space of solace where I could come and talk about issues and experience that I was going through and find myself that I wasn't alone especially as a person of like Pakistani descent a lot of these mental health issues aren't talked about and so my first two years I just felt like I was stuck and I didn't have anyone to talk about my anxiety with or my sense of like community with at all so after starting Dilse I felt a lot more in my place and I found a community on campus and um, more importantly, I also started public health work, which was amazing for me because I found a community through there as well and also figured out how many people are struggling with different mental health issues similar to I was and finding that space and finding those narratives, I think, was huge for me. So now it's been two years since I've my mental health has improved immensely and my anxiety has gotten a lot better as well. Um, but yeah, I definitely would owe it to Dilse and finding the space for myself where I could like talk about these issues with people who 
are similar to me um, that created that that sense of support um, that I really needed. Um, all right, so for me, I would also agree with Sonia and just that my first two years at Michigan were really tough. And um, especially just coming out of high school, I had a really close group of friends. I was starting to really feel comfortable with everything. Um, but then coming to a huge university like Michigan, you definitely feel like, I mean, we always talk about imposter syndrome, and you definitely feel that as you're trying to transition to this huge, intimidating university. Um, and like right off the bat, classes were hard. I was trying to make friends and just trying to just have a social life, but also like take care of myself physically. Um, and I remember even like whenever I talked to my parents, I'd always like tear up because I, was, I just kind of I just wanted to go back home and just be in that comfort of what I knew. Um, I, I think I was just really just trying to dive right into just be, making friends so I could kind of feel that sense of closeness that I felt with my high school friends right away. I even tried rushing a sorority for a day, which after a day, I was like, this is not for me, um, which I think that was a good choice for my mental health in the moment. But in the moment, I was just, I was just really confused and just trying to find a space that I felt really comfortable. Um, and then I would say sophomore year, I think I was just, freshman, sophomore year, I was just so busy with like undergrad classes. I really didn't know how to prioritize making time for myself. Um, and I never really wanted to ask for help because... I'm the middle child in my family, and I think growing up, I've always been ingrained. Like, I always just did what I needed to do. I knew what I needed to do to keep my parents happy, to be a good role model for my sister, um, to get good grades. I The whole college process just did on my own and just kind of did what I had to do to keep everyone happy and just to make sure I wasn't a, I wasn't a source of stress, especially for my parents. Um, and I think those thoughts just kind of really dug into what my beliefs about myself so like when I got to college and I was facing all these struggles and insecurities were coming out I just was like all right we'll just keep on the next day keep going with our goals I can't I don't want to be a burden to my parents but I also thought about transferring to like a smaller school near home like a small like Christian schools there just because the community is so much smaller and here it is so intimidating um but honestly, I would say like beginning of junior year when I was finally able to move off camp off campus and feel like I was having more independence from always being at school. That's kind of how it feels when you're at the in a dorm too. Um, so having like a physical space apart from school and finally finding people like Sonia and Sai who are also going through a lot of the similar feelings that I was going through. And that's when we started figuring out what Dilse could look like. And I think with our work with Dilse. I think our work has been so impactful within Dilse, but it really has spread to other parts of my life and just feeling more comfortable to share with my parents about how I'm feeling and what I'm going through and feeling more comfortable to share with my friends um, with those feelings as well. And it really has been so impactful in like, more areas in my life than just what we're doing with Dilse. Um, for me, I think mm, my experience with mental health, it is a lifelong journey that has affected me in different ways throughout my life. So my whole life, I've always been the kid that just didn't fit in because my family and I, we moved around a lot. I was always the new kid in school. That means that I've never really had a home, like a true community. I've always felt that I'm different than people who I even call my friends because um, you know, when you're trying to fit in, you'll try to blend in in whatever way possible. And that usually means that sometimes, even if you truly don't connect with those that group of friends, you'll just 
try to pretend to be someone else. Um, and I think for a long time, I thought that was just me being very adaptable. I'm just a, an extrovert. I get along with everyone. But you only do that for so long before you realize that, no, it's taking a hard toll on my mental health because and it, it catches up with you. So started affecting like how I see myself, how my relationships with other people are, how I do well in school. Like all of this started like very much accelerating in like middle school and high school. But I think I got into a lot of bad habits to cover up or cope with what I was feeling rather than truly taking care of myself because that's just what happens in South Asian households is like you've got a house over a, a roof over your head you're you have food you have clothes what else could be wrong you know you're here in this country um the you the way you make up or be grateful is to just continue to do better in school that's like all I knew not knowing what it meant to to grow and thrive as an individual that was like independent of expectations that were set upon me um so I've been carrying this even into to college always hoping that I would have that community that I never had my whole life um and getting into bad habits that weren't actually taking care of myself um but coming into coming into University of Michigan the research that I got into the classes that I started to take were really heavily focused on mental health um you know what it means to take care of your mental health what does it mean to have mental health disorders what does it mean to use science and community health education and activism to take care of your own mental health and everyone else in your community that really started letting me know that I'm actually not okay everything that I've been doing my whole life is just to like cover things up and it's not a good um fix and so that's why I wanted to have a space or create a space like Bill say because a lot of us don't have that growing up and we're just going through life putting on a band-aid when we have an open gushing wound that's not going to fix it and we need a more sustainable community support um that we might not have access to because you don't have therapy maybe your parents don't believe in therapy maybe you don't have the insurance to get therapy etc etc um so I think I'm so glad to have met Sonia and Joey at that time in my life when I was considering this because we all knew that, okay, yeah, this is what we want. This is what's been missing in our life. And this is what we need to create for everyone else in our in our school. And so that's how Dilse was created. And I'm still learning to take care of myself. I am not 100% okay, but no one is. We're all just trying to like get by. And, um, but just knowing that I have people around me now is what's important. So yeah. Yeah, and I also want to emphasize, like, our mental health journey, even though I talked about, oh, junior year, like, things started getting better, it's definitely an ongoing journey, and um, obviously, like, based on the day, I could feel different things, but I think after I started really prioritizing what I know will keep me grounded and being more intentional and what I'm spending time with and 
being more intentional with the work we're doing with Dilse. Um, the lows just don't feel as low anymore when I have things in balance like that. And so, yeah, it's definitely an ongoing journey and not there's never like a one one answer to fix all your um, these deep issues, these deep issues as well. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you'll think you have like a set strategy and you're like, OK, yeah, I'm good. I figured it all out. And then something yeah. happens like the <laughs> pandemic. And it's exactly. like a whole new obstacle that just throws everything out of loop. And you're like, oh back to square one so Mm -hmm. we understand that it's an ongoing process which is why you need to have um you know need to have these conversations because it's never just like a done and keep going Mm -hmm. you're always gonna have to keep coming back yeah I think like also the thing I've learned through creating Dilsey is like we have to unlearn a lot not only about ourselves but like how we deal with ourselves in our community because I think growing up, we're always told we have to be a certain way or, like, we can't do this or we can't do that. And, like, certain situations really make you feel like you aren't worth it. And I think creating that sustainable community, but also, like, what Joita was saying, where being more mindful and thoughtful about, like, the energy you're putting into certain things can really help you figure out how to grow from those and, like, how to unlearn those things about yourself and act actually learn who you are and like what you love and what's going to help you grow and how you can empower yourself going forward so that's definitely another thing that I've learned with this ongoing process of like mental health yeah would you guys mind walking us through kind of the breakdown of your organization's structure what each like part does and what impact you're hoping to make through them so I think when we were starting Dilse, we knew that you needed to have, it couldn't just be like a founder at the top and then all of us just doing whatever. We knew that there needed to be like a three-prong approach as to how we approach mental health advocacy and support. And so I think, how about we each talk about what we do in our in our committee? So I'll talk about education. I knew that education is an important part of mental health advocacy and justice because, yeah, as Sonia was saying, we're all here to learn and unlearn things that we've been taught and that society has been teaching us. And so we use dialogues, panels, volunteering, and now the podcast. Um, All of these fall under the education committee because these are ways that we can go out and have conversations with individuals about what it means to take care of your mental health, to have mental health disorders, how it affects every one of us differently, which is why we always need to be sharing our own individual experiences, but not generalizing those to the greater community. Um, And also realizing that everyone goes through so many different things that they don't know about. So it's really important that if we're going to support and be there for each other, that we're able to educate ourselves in all the ways that um, we need to be cared and we need to take care of others. So yeah, as I was saying, we do monthly dialogues. This this podcast is a way of education because we have conversations, um, panel workshops where we invite different characters in the mental health field, um, mental health care services, like therapists, psychiatrists, um, counselors, etc. 
to come speak to us on what it means to take care of our mental health and also volunteering services where we go out into the community and help take care of others um so yeah I can go next about external so um I took on the external branch because I had prior experience to working in social justice organizations and I never felt like I was a part of the community even though I was working for them and so my whole goal with creating external was how to make sure that everyone that could benefit from Dulce's services can get those services and so we have three branches we have fundraising outreach three branches within this brand so we have fundraising outreach and events and so fundraising we um last year when we were in person we focused a lot on fundraising for Dulce because we put on a lot of different events which i'll get into where we provide people with different types of activities and so we'd fundraise for ourselves but now that COVID has happened and a lot happened over the summer with BLM and also continuous you know battling of mental health stigma uh, we've decided to navigate our fundraiser efforts and put that towards different types of organizations so we've helped people like um, shelters where people can go and get not only mental health health help but they can also go into transitional housing we've helped with different types of covid fundraisers um so we've done a lot of different things in terms of that our outreach um, team really looks into how can we bring more people to join they'll say and how they can benefit from them but also outreach is a way to collab with different types of organizations on campus and build a sort of supportive community where mental health is prioritized for everyone and then our events team is really fun where we basically plan out a bunch of different events that have to do with coping mechanisms so size size events are more so like educating people on different types of mental health topics and how you can go about them and um, external focuses more on how you can cope with those types of things and what mechanisms you could use. So we've done um, like painting therapy, we did community care, like a gardening activity, um, we did a food activity where everyone can come and do family style eating, we've done um, a journaling event. So we've done a lot of different activities and events where people can just come together, bond with each other, but also have like a brave space to do these um, coping mechanisms that they can also take home with them. So yeah, that's basically the overall structure of external. And then I oversee everyone and also work with each team to make sure that we're um, not only uplifting the Dose community, but also engaging other types of communities on campus. And hopefully now we're going to start expanding that effort to other campuses as well. Yes, and I am the internal director, like I said before. And so the two subcommittees within the internal branch um, is logistics and marketing. So basically we cover communication within the our own Dilsay core team as well as communication with the, the community that we are um, working with. Um, so I think... So like Sonia mentioned, one of the things that we are working on right now with through our logistics team is figuring out how to expand Dose. And so more information will be coming out ASAP regarding how our Dose community will branch out of the University of Michigan campus. Um, and with marketing, we've seen, I think, especially in 2020 with COVID and of course the BLM movement, we've seen social media be a powerful source of activism and getting information out about 
more important topics rather than just our daily lives that we share on social media. So that's been really cool to see, even though COVID has taken a lot of things away from us um, during these pa- this past year, social media has really been a powerful tool. And that's what we've been working with, with marketing and being intentional and in what we post, as they'll say. Um, I recently heard a quote and it said something like, we all have influence and in a world of influencers and people who want to make changes in the world, whether you have one follower or a thousand or a million followers, you have influence over whoever you're, um, whoever's kind of looking up to you. So I think it's been really cool to see how we can use our media platforms to engage with our community, especially during times of social distancing. Um, So this year we've done different initiatives, such as for World Mental Health Day, we did a day-long campaign and we shared different resources for just self-care and how to cope during a pandemic. Um, And we've also, lately we've been having our board members take over our social media pages. And honestly, it's been really cool to see at an individual level how um, people are just being more open about how they take care of themselves and It's been really cool to just connect with the community from a media platform as well. So what are your future goals for Dilsay? I know you guys mentioned that you wanted to expand. Uh, What else can we hope to see from Dilsay in the future? Well, I hope that Dilsay, like I think everyone that starts an org wants their organization to be well known, right? Throughout throughout their communities or, or their, you know, the nation. I would love Dilsay to be known across the U.S., but... I think it's more so like I want people to know that they'll say is for them, you know, that they'll say is a space to come and talk and educate and learn and also unlearn, you know, like just come and feel supported. I, I really want that to be they'll say's future right now. We're a very, you know, we're at University of Michigan, so we can only target mostly the people that follow us on social media or the people that we see on campus. So that's why we want to expand our efforts to other college campuses as well. But I think, you know, even beyond hopefully that happening, I just want, they'll say, to be a place where people can go, no matter if it's college or school or whatever, they can just come and know that that's a place where they'll find people like them. They'll find people that want to talk about issues with them. And I think building that space is going to take a long time and take a lot of effort. But at the end of the day, I think it would be so beneficial for people to just have, you know, that community. And so that's what I really want they'll say to be in the future, hopefully near future. I would really like us to, along those lines, have more community engagement with maybe people who are not students and who are not like going to a a school. Uh, Everyone goes through mental health um, issues. And I feel like as you get older is probably when you start losing that sense of community because everyone, you know, you're suddenly sucked into your own lives. It's much less when you were in college and you're always surrounded by people. So I would love to go into the community so that we're reaching out to actual like older adults, people of any age, not just students, Uh, especially because I think our mental health discourse right now in society is so saturated with white um, a white focused approach that isn't suitable for South Asian Americans it is not it's overly saturated and it's really important that we're able to put in our voice so that everyone feels like they are being heard 
and that there is a space for them to take care of themselves it's not just for people who are who are rich who are white who have time for themselves it it should be for anyone so i think it would be really cool to have that space to create that space nationwide Ooh, we're going nationwide <laughs> to whoever needs uh they'll say in their lives yeah i would definitely agree with just seeing they'll say expand beyond just our community of students um and last year right before covid hit i was able to work with the education team and planning an outreach event in hamtramck michigan um and basically just take they'll say to high schoolers in the area um, and our main mission was our main audience that we were trying to work with were high schoolers, but it ended up being a bunch of people. My parents were there. My brother was there with some of his friends and we had college, some college students here volunteering. And we also had a few high school students and it was so special to see just across generations, how everyone was really just getting into the work that we were doing into our activities, starting with just painting and different kind of community care um, activities that we had planned. But that totally led into deeper conversations regarding mental health. And I remember hearing my parents getting really involved in the conversation. And they told me that afterwards they were just like, There's, they don't have any other space to do this. I mean, we go to Dawats and different, they're, they used to always see their friends all the time. But very rarely do you have close friends, even within the South Asian community, that you can really connect with on that deeper level. I think it's so superficial. I feel like at a lot of these dawats, you're just kind of sharing, oh, my kid's doing this, my kid's doing that. It's all like trying to keep a good surface level look. So um, I would love, love, love to see they'll say expand beyond what they'll say is, but just really start some kind of cultural change and generational changes in what um, we understand mental health to be. And just even starting these conversations, it can have like a huge ripple effect across so many communities. That was such a fun event. Just it like really was having people from like all different ages yeah. and being able to talk to each other about things that we weren't able to talk to before. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like sitting down with your parents who I've never <laughs> met before <laughs> and just talking to them about real things. Exactly. It's it was- like, that's what they'll say can do. You don't even have to feel like you need to know someone to talk about how you're doing. It's, it's you just need one one intro and we were like already creating a bond mm-hmm. so yeah i would also love to for us to go into like more policy change even if that's like a thing that we could do is you know so much of mental health advocacy and justice there's like a barrier of having not enough access to things that are only controlled by policy so maybe that's what we do like in the future too that'd be really cool Oh my god, yeah, my future plan is to be at the UN, so I'll help you. I'll help us get there. Making global changes, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> awesome. I guess to wrap all of this up, if each of you could go around and just summarize what Dilse means to you and what values you hope to imbibe through it. I can start for this one. Um so what they'll say means to me from a broader perspective, I think kind of what I touched on in the previous question, um, but just seeing a cultural change occur and seeing people speak from the heart and having less superficial um, relationships. And um, I think the kind of the, the coolest things I've seen with they'll say back when we were able to meet in person um, just seeing different people come from all different walks of life, whether they identify South Asian or whatever race they're from, 
whatever socioeconomic status they belong to, whatever religion they have or no religion, um, but we're all able to come into this space and just connect with each other and make and start deeper relationships. And I think that in itself is so rare in South Asian culture, especially. Um, We're so separated by caste, religion, socioeconomic status, um, name, whatever, title. So I think just seeing they'll say as a potential um, to start some of these cultural changes and um, really just bring communities together across generations. What they'll say means to me. They'll say is my little baby. It's our little baby. We put so much work into this and we're going to continue putting work into this. And as Joey that was saying, it's, I think, Dose is a, is a way to create equity when it comes to mental health accessibility and availability in South Asian communities, South Asian American communities. As Joita was saying, even within South Asian American communities, we're not just one we're not a monolith. We are we all have different identities. Some of those some people some identities that are very much invisible who don't have a say when it comes to South Asian dialogue. Whether you are of a um under if, whether you are from a marginalized caste, whether you are of LGBTQ identity, whether you are of lower SCS etc etc and that those individuals are not part of the dialogue even when it comes to activism in the south asian community i think it's really important that we put that out there because i would also love for us as dilsay to expand the people who are a part of dilsay and not just making sure that we're representing only one kind of south asian american that we're representing everyone so they'll say should be a place for equity and inclusivity and making sure that we're always embodying those values of us being open to anyone, of who, whoever they are, and that no matter what they say, they will always be heard and they'll always have a space to be heard, that they're not just going to be judged, shut out. Because that's still a thing that can happen, even if you are a part of like a mental health nonprofit, like many nonprofits will start work meaning to make you know good change but they'll end up closing themselves off and not being open to everyone that do need them so I hope this never becomes that I hope that we're always open to whoever needs us and that we'll just continue to continue to learn and listen because we can make mistakes too so accountability is also a value that I'd put us up to um, so I think going off of size point, when I think of Dulce, I think of like Dulce is mine. Like it's a place for me, like one of the only places that I can say is mine. And Dulce is a place for us. It's a place for you. And like, so I was saying like so many people and Joita too, like so many people come to our events and some of them are not even like of our identities at all. Like I remember 
like another person who came to our event last year I think at the written resilience event that we had and she was white and but she was a part of the LGBTQ community and she came and listened about how you can basically find resilience in yourself and how you can combat you know these adversities and she she was like this is one of the only places where I've gotten to talk about my mental health so freely and I was so touched by that because although she didn't identify with the majority of people that were present, she still felt like a part of the community. And I think that's what they'll say is. It's a place for you. Like, we want you here. We want to, like Sai was saying, like, listen to you and learn from you. And we want to help you. Like, obviously, we cannot provide therapy and we cannot provide psychological services, but we can provide a place of dialogue, a place of a place of solace where you can just come and you can relax and you can breathe and I think that's what they'll say is for us and that's what we hope it is for everyone else that joins us and hopefully you know we will we will move forward with an even larger platform that no matter where you are and no matter what age you are or race you are what identity you are when you come here you feel like this place is yours and that's what I would say they'll say is and that's what they'll say values is that sense of community but also that sense of belonging um so they'll say means a lot to us in that sense yeah thank you all so much for sharing um it's evident that you guys are really passionate about uh your commitment to mental health advocacy and just creating a safe space not only for our community but just kind of everyone in general to have a place to come to and uh, not only like learn but also just feel comforted knowing that like we're all you know experiencing these things together and we can support and uplift one another which I think is really amazing that you guys are doing something like this so thank you so much for sharing um, so that's all for today um, be sure to check out Dulce on Instagram at dulce.um to see all the really awesome stuff they're up to and whatever upcoming events they have going on And if you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram at samosas.mimosas and we will see you next time.